Good morning. It's good to be with you. Uh, thank you for the prayers on my behalf while I was out. It was not a fun time, but we've gotten over it. And hopefully something I have to say for you this morning will be beneficial. You know, there's no other topic I think that's beneficial to cover on a long holiday weekend than being lazy. You know, what, do we really need to be lazy this weekend? I mean, I guess it's perfect timing, I guess is just all you can say about it. But we are, we're going to continue our series on faux pas, the acceptable class of sinning. You know, everybody that you talk to in the world would say, hey, it's okay to be lazy every now and then. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think they're getting confused from being lazy from taking a break. You know, there's nothing wrong with taking a vacation. There's nothing wrong with resting from work. The problem is, do we ever go back? Or are we in that con continuous state of resting, not working, laziness? You know, even God rested after he created everything there is. He rested for a day. There's nothing wrong with taking a rest. That's not what we're going to talk about this morning at all. But when it becomes a habitual form of laziness, we have a habitual habit of laziness in our lives, that's when it becomes a problem. Let's look, laziness is defined as the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy idleness. The quality of being unwilling to work. You know, there's a difference in being unwilling to work and being unable to work. Those are two different things. Are we willing to put in the work? If you're unable to put in work, that's one thing. You know, I had a guy that I was training, and I was training him. I was showing him how we did things on the concrete truck. That was when I was driving a concrete truck. And he goes, well, I'm only going to be here for about six months. And I'm like, well, Okay, why are you telling me this? Because I'm not going to spend three months training you just for you to be working for three months. And he goes, well, that's, when, that's how long I have to be working until I can get my unemployment again. I'm like, what? He would literally find a job for six months when his unemployment would run out, work that six months, and then go back to sitting at home drawing unemployment. And I was like, that's just, just pure laziness. And let me tell you, whenever he was working, he wasn't worth a whole lot. He showed up late. He called in all the time. He never got jobs completed. He was on the last, last the afternoon crew, and they're the ones that finish up the jobs after the early guys have to go home because we only have so many hours we can drive in a day. And time after time, when we came in the next morning, we would have to finish a job that this guy didn't complete. And when you were picking, picking up his truck, and what's funny, I don't know how he didn't realize this, there's trackers on that truck that shows exactly where you are. He went up, the plant we were at is in North Lake, and if you've ever heard of 407 Barbecue, it's real good. He was parked up there for an hour and a half one day while we needed two more yards to finish the job. Now, if you're a contractor and you need two yards to finish the job that you're getting paid for, and the guys up there at 407 Barbecue for an hour and a half instead of getting another load taking it out to you, that's costing you money. That's costing our customer us money. And it's just for the simple fact he didn't want to work. He was unwilling to do the work. There's nothing wrong with taking it. I'm not saying I'm getting on to him for taking a lunch break here, but it was at 3 in the afternoon, and he sat there at 530, almost. 330 to 530, I believe, is what ended up the, t the t tag said. He disputed that a little bit. 
But are we that way? Are we just unwilling to put in the work? You know, man has always been put, has always had a job to do. But is that how we do it? I'm going to kick my feet up, sleep at my desk for a good old hour or two, get paid while I'm sleeping. we consider that lazy, wouldn't we? How about the guy laying on his couch, binging, watching TV? Yeah, that can be construed as lazy. And what's great, what's bad about this is this is really habit forming. I, I have a routine when I get home from work. I go in, take a shower, I make whatever, I get whatever we're eating for dinner that night, and I watch Sports Center for an hour and a half. And I'm in that routine, and it's a habit. And I didn't really notice it until I sat down and I was watching it, and Amber goes, Hey, can we go do this? I go, Well, I'll do that right after I finish watching it. Oh, right. it's, it's really easy to get in the habit of being lazy, it really is. Maybe you're a fat cat. You know, whenever I was growing up, there was a famous cartoon, Garfield. He hated to do anything, put forth any energy of anything. The only thing he liked to do was eat. Are we that way? We hate putting energy into our projects. We hate putting the work into the projects we need to get done, whether it be at work or any, walk of our, any, any part of our life. Do we just not want to put the energy into it? And then the one that the, the, the animal that actually the Bible uses sometimes is a sloth. Now, I was watching a documentary special. I don't know if they've tracked every sloth. But they say a sloth, a high-energy sloth, that's what they said, it was a high-energy sloth, would move two feet in a day. Now, that's not high-energy to you. A high-energy one. Now, a low-energy one maybe might get half a foot, I guess. I don't know. They didn't give me that number. But a high-energy sloth gets two, moves two feet in one day. And when you think about it, yeah, that's funny. How, how, how can an animal do that? How many times do we not even leave our bed or couch? The farthest we run to the fridge to refill the drink and get a snack. How often do we do that? Like I said, there's nothing wrong with resting a day. You, you get a day off from work. Hey, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But is all our life revolves around. Is the farthest trip I'm going to make today is to the refrigerator. That's as far as I'm going. And you know what? I've actually used that before. I had worked three 12, 18-hour shifts on a concrete truck. I wasn't driving because I wasn't allowed to drive, but they were having a guy drive for me so we could get all the stuff poured and get it done because it was a huge project that was going to cost a lot of money. And I worked three days that way. And by the time I got home, I told Amber, whenever I get up tomorrow, if I get up tomorrow, I'm not going any further than the kitchen. And I actually said that. Is that how we are in our, in, every day, though? I, I guarantee you there's people that live that way. In the business I'm in now where you go into people's homes, you can see people living that way. They, won't even, they're not even, they don't even have the energy to get up and go throw away the trash or they just put it to the side. And then what, tell me, why do I have roaches? Well, duh. You're not picking up the trash. What does the Bible say about laziness, though? We've covered a lot of what the world says about laziness. Does this view of laziness match up to what God has to say? Well, as I've said, man has always had a job. If we look at Genesis 2 and 15, 
Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. That was man's first job, to take care of the garden. It has always been God's plan for man to have a job, to have some sort of work that needs to be done. And to do that work, he just doesn't want to give you a job and say, hey, you come back to him and say, hey, I didn't get it done, sorry. I was too busy fishing, I was too busy whatever, didn't get it done. Let's see what else the Bible says. In Proverbs 6 and 6, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. You know, many of you know that I do pest control for a living. There's two pests here that are mentioned, a slug and an ant. A slug is basically a bigger snail is what it is, without a shell. But you know what? Whenever I go to somebody's house, I'd much rather treat slugs than ants. Slugs, you can you pick up the rock or whatever they're hiding under, put the dust on them, they won't even move out of it. You put it back down, they're dead and weak, if that. Ants take time. Why? Because ants are smart about how they work. Ants, every one of them has a specific job, and they do the specific job for the colony. Some of the jobs include a soldier ant that protects the colony. There's a queen in the colony that has reproductive jobs in the colony. There's foraging ants that go out and look for food. There's worker ants that build tunnels so that they can escape from danger if something attacks the colony. They all have jobs, and they all do them. But you know what's amazing about ants? They don't just worry about their job. Have you ever said, well, that's not my job. I'm just not going to do it. It's not my job to do that. I've said that a couple times with the boss. I go, well, that's not my, in my job. That's not my job. Well, you know what ants do? If there's something attacking the colony, they all become soldier ants. They all have the ability to do it. If there's a, if there's a lack of food in the colony, they all become forager ants. If they need more tunnels dug, they all become worker ants and they're digging the tunnels. The only one they can't do is all become queen ants. That's just not how it works. But they can all do every job. And whether there needs to be pick up in the slack, they can do it. This is an example of the worker ants building the tunnels. Do we do our job? You know what's amazing? You can go and I don't know if you can find them anymore, but whenever I was little, you can find what they call ant farms. And all it is, when it starts out, it's this however big of a box you get full of sand, and they put ants in it. And all you do is sit there and watch the ants as they're digging these tunnels. And how constantly they work at doing it. It's a constant work for them. They're doing it all the time. They go out and get what they need. How many times do we sit around expecting people to just bring us what we need? <laughs> to give us what we need? You know, they go out and forage for food. They go out and do their jobs. If you have an ant pile out in your front yard, you can see them running up back and forth to that pile the whole time carrying things that they can eat. That's also part of their downfall, but they're constantly doing it. Because I can go sprinkle a little bait out there and they take it in with the rest of the food and it kills them all. 
Because that's another thing ants do. It's not just the fact that I do my job, but I do my job for the betterment of everybody in that colony. I don't just do my job just for me. I do my job to better the people around me. To make my family's life better. Go to the ant thou slugger, consider her ways and be wise. You know what else ants do? They don't die in the winter. A bunch of bugs die in the winter. You know why? Because they don't gather enough to keep them fed through the winter. That's just plain and simple fact. You may not see the ants. They become dormant in the winter. But if you dug down deep enough, you'd find ants. Because they did their work when it was time to do their work. And when they didn't have the ability to work anymore because it was too cold and they would die, they had enough to get them through. Consider the ant. Consider her ways and be wise. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding and there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So, you, so shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Have you ever seen a property that was taken care of that way? I'm not meaning to belittle anybody, but there was an older man that used to live out near my uncle's property, and his property looked just like this. But it wasn't always that way. When he was young enough to work, that property was pristine. That property, you could grow anything you wanted on the property. He had green fields. He had cattle out in the ranch, but he just could not physically do it anymore. How many times do we let things in our lives get that way? Not because we can't do them, because we're unwilling to do them. And here he says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands rest, so shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. That's one thing laziness always results in. If you're going to be lazy, you're not going to have enough. Eventually, it's going to come to the point where you don't have enough to eat. It's going to come to the point where you don't have enough to fix the problems that need to be fixed. Have you ever heard somebody talking about a, a prop, piece of property that just got away from them because they didn't have the resources to put into it to take care of it. We're eventually going to run out of resources if we're lazy. That's just the way it is. That's the way, that's the, way the cycle goes. We don't need to be lazy. If we look at Proverbs 20 and 4, the lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during the harvest and have nothing. Doesn't that sound like the bugs we were talking about, how the ants keep enough for winter and the other bugs will die because they didn't store anything? Doesn't that sound exactly like that? The lazy man will not plow because of winter, and he will beg during the harvest and have nothing. It's a warning. If you don't do your job when it's time, eventually it's going to lead to you having nothing. And then what happens when we have nothing? Who do we blame? We can't blame anybody by ourselves. There are plenty of people that try to blame God, try to blame everything else from other circumstances. But the fact is, you were unwilling to put in the work to get what you needed. 
If we look at Proverbs 10 and 5, he who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Do we want to cause shame? <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to be considered to be ashamed or embarrassing, people to be embarrassed of you. But that's exactly what he's saying. He goes, a wise son gathers in the summer. Are we being wise or are we being foolish? You know, I could go on and on and on with things in Proverbs that has to do with laziness. There's a lot of things in Proverbs that you can turn to and find out how being lazy will work out in your life. Those are just a couple. Do we take heed to these warnings? Or are we kind of like, oh, that can't happen to me. I'm not really that lazy. I mean, I just don't feel like going in today. I'm not really that lazy. I just don't feel like going and doing that right now. Oh, sorry. So I, I encourage you to go through Proverbs and look at some of those because some of the warnings are real. They're all real. But some of the warnings will hit you in the face like, that could actually happen? Well, you may say, be saying, well, Jeremy, you showed us a lot of stuff today about the consequences of being lazy. You've done that. But you really haven't pointed out that it's a sin yet. You haven't pointed out that God's not gonna, that God still won't be pleased with me even though I'm lazy. Okay, we can answer that real quick. It shouldn't take too long, I don't think. Let's look in 1 Timothy 5 and 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Does that sound like God's pleased with people that are lazy? Does that sound like God can be pleased with people that are lazy? If you don't, do, if you don't work and provide for your own family, you have denied the faith. That's pretty strong words. Because remember, God tells us we have to have faith. But if we're lazy, it's like we've denied the faith. God is not pleased with anyone being lazy. If we look in Colossians 3 and 23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Is your boss okay with the way you do your job? That's a, pretty, that's a question that probably comes, that's probably how a boss does a review. He tells you what he thinks of how you're doing your job. I've been reviewed many times. I've been reviewed while I was driving a concrete truck. I've been reviewed while I'm doing pest control. There have been many reviews where bosses tell me, hey, you can do this to improve, you're doing this well. What does your boss say about you? Do you get good reviews, bad reviews, in the middle reviews? Where do you get the, what do you get? But you know, when it comes down to it, the Bible says, don't work like you're working for him. You are working for him, but don't work like, for him like you're working for him. Act like you're working for God when you're working for him. If, God, if Jesus came down today and gave you a job, would you make sure it got done? Would you do everything in your power to make sure it got done? Would you leave Noah stone unturned trying to get that job done? Would you put in, no matter how many hours you had to put in, would you put that in to get that job done? Well, that's what he's telling us to do every day at our jobs. Work like you're working for God, not like you're working for man. Do the jobs that you have been assigned like you're doing them for God, not for man. 
How, how quick do you think the work ethic in this country would increase if everybody was doing a job for Jesus? <laughs> Don't you think the work ethic would probably improve a lot? I think the work ethic would improve immensely. You wouldn't have people going to jobs for six months just to collect unemployment anymore. You wouldn't have those kind of things. If they knew they were doing it for the all-powerful God, you wouldn't have that. That's how we need to work, not only in our jobs, but we have other works that either we have accepted has been assigned to us. Make sure those jobs get done too. And I'll be the first to say, I have not always been 100% good at all that. Sometimes I'd much rather be watching a football game on Monday night than taking care of something else I really need to be taking care of. And I know we all fall into that trap. I know there's all things that pull us away that may be not necessarily, we may not be in, well, let's face it, if I'm sitting down on the couch watching a football game, I'm pretty well being lazy. But we all have those things that tempt us to draw us away from that. We need to keep an eye on those things, remembering that whatever responsibilities and jobs we have, we need to be doing those like we're doing them for God. And if we look at Matthew 25, 26 through 29, but here, here is the end of the uh, parable of the talents. If we remember the parable of the talents, we remember a, man, uh, a ruler was going on a journey and he gave man, one man five, he gave, he gave out some talents. And he gave them to three different men. Two of the men came back and doubled the amount of talents they had. They went out and worked with it. They went out and traded. They went out and invested it. However they worked with that, those talents, they doubled the amount they got. And he was very pleased with those men. Well, the man that got one talent came up to him and goes, man, I know you're a hard man. I know you reap where you do not sow. I know you're going to be tough on me. And if I lost this, I knew you'd be tough on me too. I'm paraphrasing here. So here's, here's, I'm giving you back what you gave me. So let's see what the master said about this. He said, but the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with bankers and at my coming I would have received mine back, my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away. Now I want you to notice something here. The man was talking about how scared he was of the Lord. How the Lord could be wroth. How the Lord could get mad. And he didn't want to lose the talent. You know what the Lord didn't say to him? Thou wicked and fearful servant. He didn't say that. He said, thou wicked and lazy servant. Do we use other excuses to cover up the fact that we're lazy? This man may have been scared. I don't know. I can't go back and say, oh, he was for sure scared. But what I can say is the Lord for sure called him lazy. Are we lazy in the eyes of God? Because for whoever has, more will be given, and who will have abundance. But for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. We don't need to be lazy. 
consider the ant, consider her ways and be wise. Do we work? Not only that, do we work for the betterment of not only ourselves, but those around us? Or do we let somebody else try to do our job for us? You know, God said if we're lazy, it's just like we've denied the faith. If, you can't, if, you're, if you're lazy enough and you can't even provide for your family, you've denied the faith. So what I would like you to consider this morning is, I don't think we have an overwhelmingly overwhelming problem with laziness in this congregation. But if you're like me, it does pop up from time to time. It pops up from time to time where I really don't want to do a whole lot. I know there's things that need to be done, but I'd rather just, here's the key word, be selfish and not do anything. Let's watch out for those times. Let's guard against those times. Let's consider the ant. Let's want to be like the ant and not be like the high-energy sloth that moves two feet a day. And like I said, I, don't, I know all of you, most of you pretty well. I don't think we have a huge problem with this. But the more times those little times creep up and we satisfy ourselves, and it creeps up again, and it creeps up again, and then before we know it, we're in a whole world of trouble before we even realize it. So I would ask you to consider these things. Consider the fact of, am I being lazy or am I just taking a break? Like I said, there's nothing wrong with taking a break from work. Nobody can work 24-7, seven days a week. Gancy told a story about how he got very little sleep this morning to us and how it affected his next day at work. We can't all do that. There has to be a time for rest. I'm not saying that at all. If you want to go out and sit by a pool this weekend on Memorial Day, go do it. Take that rest. But be sure when the rest is over, we get back to work. Because when you don't get back to work, that's when laziness sets in. And that's when we become unprofitable and unpleasing to God. So let's watch those times. Let's make sure we have defenses against those times. Maybe you need to get an accountability partner and say, hey, I was lazy this week. I didn't do this, and I know I should have. Whatever you need to do to guard against that, do it because it can creep in your life really easy. As a lot of these sins we're talking about, because a lot of these sins we're talking about in this series, the, the world today don't consider very big at all. Okay, you were lazy for a weekend or so. Okay, fine. You were lazy for a month. Hey, whatever. That's fine. That's great. But God takes even the sin of laziness as seriously as the sin of anything else. So let's guard against that. Let's make sure we put watch outs in our lives for that. That way it doesn't creep up on us. Because believe me, if we don't watch out for it, it can creep up on us. And if we can help you today, we would ask you to come as we stand and sing.